Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. This is Amber Scotchburn from Parenting with a Twist, and we are doing an episode for 13 Reasons Why Not. And we have a guest star today, Laura Lee, and I'll let Laura Lee introduce herself. Hi, I'm Laura Lee Rosano, uh, and let's see, who am I? (laughs) I'm a lot of things, Um, but what I am on this show is someone to talk a little bit about Amber's topic, which which she'll be doing, introducing in a minute. Uh, I'm also the author of the Jagged series, Jagged Little Edges, Jagged Little Lies, and Jagged No More, as well as the children's book, Gracie's Secret. And I'm also a recovering addict. So I'm going to be sharing a little bit of what I know today with Amber, uh, with some of her parenting stories. And um, I worked in the field of addiction for 18 years. So that's just a little bit about me. (laughs) Um, And I should let you know, too, if we bang the table at all, it bangs the thing. So we have to, yes, not touch the tables. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be hard. I'm one of those hand talkers. Yes, I learned it. And how I learned the strategy to not do it was when I had my son on with me. And he kept giving me this look. And afterwards, I'm like, what's the look? And he's like, you cannot touch the table. So I, too, talk with my hands. So it'll be a challenge. Um, But I did also want to mention that while this is on Facebook Live um, and we're talking with our hands, this is going to also be on my podcasting channel, Parenting with a Twist. Um, So those people that are listening on podcast, we are talking with our hands. (laughs) And you can jump over to the Facebook Live videos because they will be up and running after they're live so you can see us talking with our hands. Um, so yeah, so Lorelei introduced herself, just a snippet, and you'll get to see her expertise as we talk. Um, and today's topic is going to be on addictions in relation to the 13 Reasons Why Not episode that we're doing. Um, if you're not familiar with 13 Reasons Why is, it's a Netflix series. It's uh, easily accessible because of being on Netflix to a wide range of ages of kids um, and obviously then parents too. Um, I'm doing this in response to the school system across North America suggesting that parents not watch it. And I'm suggesting that parents do watch it. And the reason behind that is I do feel like kids are watching it. Um, It had the most number of tweets. Um, of any show ever in its first week it was launched. Plus, in my experience in working with kids and in talking with them, the issues that are coming up in 13 Reasons Why are actually relevant and realistic to their world. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I did do an episode on sort of what parents' fears are that are coming up around this and, and why I'm still saying to watch it. So today we're going to talk about addictions. Um, in the episodes there are, of 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, there are quite a few, um, I would say, prob- I, I would have to go back probably and count, but I would think actually almost every single episode has an incidence of people using. Um, so whether that was alcohol, um, whether that was pot, um, whether that was other drugs, there was always <laughs> a substance abuse happening in the episodes. And usually they were using them to cope, which we'll kind of get into with the questions that we're going to answer today. And so what we really want to do is, um, or I'll speak to what I really want to do, and then I can let Laura really speak to what she really wants to do. But my ask, if you will, for everybody, or my invitation is to do watch them with your eyes wide open. So watch the episodes knowing that this could be happening in your child's world. Watch the episodes knowing that you may um, be unaware of the things that are happening. And so we're going to talk about some signs and some things mm-hmm. that you can do around that. So my intention is like an invitation to into your child's world. And what's your intention? Really, that's the same thing. Um, you know, addiction thrives in secrecy and isolation. And so uh, this is really an invitation to, and I hope you share this with your kids too, to have those difficult talks, to face those uncomfortable moments together and learn how to walk through that so that home can be a safe place to bring those moments to. Yes, and as I've mentioned in past um, podcasts and videos, that if you're not feeling comfortable talking about the issues, there are people that exist in the community that would be more than happy to to help you with that. Laura Lee worked at Edgewood, mm-hmm. um, which is a facility on Vancouver Island, which is where we both live. Um, and there are other facilities like that, you know, around the world. Um, there are just community agencies or 1-800 numbers. Um, there are people like us <laughs> that you can follow our Facebook pages. There's so much yeah. information out there. So information is really not what's going to be stopping you. Um, it's going to be maybe that uncomfortable feeling. So if you're having that uncomfortable feeling, then bring somebody else in to talk to your child or your family about it. Um, like us. So like our video. Um, so we have some questions that we came up with and we thought that that would be a good guide for us to do it today. And so the first question um, that I'll pose to Laura Lee, and we'll both be answering them together, is why would someone um, choose to use? So why is why are these teenagers potentially choosing to use in 13 Reasons Why? Why would your teenager potentially be choosing to use? Why would you potentially be choosing to use? Well, you know, I, I don't think there's too many kids in particularly high school that would not experiment with alcohol, certainly, and 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 often drugs, um, we, you know, starting marijuana, and we'll, we'll, we'll look at that question in just a bit. But here is, and I know you brought the mirror, and I'm, we might be using that a lot. Um, kids don't learn from what you tell them. They follow your example, not your words. And so, I always like to say, uh, before we start trying to help our kids, let's look in the mirror. So does alcohol look like a fun thing in your home? Um, do you relate alcohol to a good time? Is it part of 
uh, you know, vacations and relaxation and, and do you kind of wait all day for it and is it what you do to relax? Um, does it come on picnics and barbecues and social gatherings? Is it part of the family? And if you answered yes to that, then that's where the kids start to see, oh, alcohol is acceptable. You use it to socialize. It looks like fun. Um, and these are the things we do. And, and um, you know, and every child wants to be older and more grown up. And so having a drink in their hand may bring an idea of sophistication, equality, socializing, and they link it to fun. So that's kind of usually where it starts that and also of course peer pressure there's a lot of peer pressure in school to um, be part of that pack and so if your friends are using alcohol for example uh, you're definitely gonna get come on give it a try you know um, it's just a beer a beer can't do anything wrong so there, there'll be a lot of peer pressure as well and I and I I think there's very few children in high school that uh, certainly myself, that wouldn't have faced some type of peer pressure to at least try it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, Loralee hits on two points that um, we've mentioned in past uh, podcasts and videos, which is the mirror effect, which is essentially you're training your kids mm -hmm. how to be. <laughs> um, and so either with... Um, subliminal or unsubliminal, but basically who you are and how you are models how they're going to see the world as normal. And so as Loralee mentioned all those different examples, if alcohol is normal in any of those examples, then you've normalized it for them. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to think that there's anything wrong with it. Um, and then when you're looking at your child's behavior and you're thinking, well, that isn't normal in our household, so where are they getting it from? Then that's when you look to their peers mm -hmm. um, or other people of influence in their world. So maybe it isn't at your house, but maybe their best friend's house who they spend a lot of time at is normal, normalized in their house. Um, or potentially other family members when you go for family vacations there, maybe it's normalized there. So sort of looking beyond just your nuclear family to where else are there influences um, and then of course friends and um, mm -hmm. we just want to be aware I know in our home I always doing my best to ask the, our kids to have their friends come here so we get to know them, um, they get to know us. And so it's not just like, a, oh, my mom said I shouldn't do that. Or, you know, now they know who we are and, and why we kind of stand for what we stand for. And they know it's a place that they can come and have those open conversations right. that we talked about at the beginning. Right. Um, so there's sort of several layers there, um, but definitely peer pressure and definitely what you've normalized. And and one more thing too, and, and I mean, I can certainly relate it to me when my kids were little and I'd get off work and I'd come home you know I, I think as adults we tend to want to keep all that stressful stuff away from our kids and so rather than sitting down or taking a moment to decompress myself it was easy to pour a glass of wine and so they also learn that oh that makes you feel better right so if I take this stuff I feel better and so they learn that as well and so really starting to take a look at when you come home do you grab a beer do you grab take a glass of wine 
Um, and I'm not suggesting you sit down and kind of pour it all out in the kids rather than grab a drink, but to find that middle ground, where's that place that I can start to show there's other options in order to take care of myself and relax and, and um, rather than just reaching for a drink or a pill. Right? Yeah, and it's actually so funny. I say that Lorelei and I are connected all the time because I didn't know that she was going to share that. And in my book, um, I share the, the opportunity for your child to learn that you may have just had that really stressful day. Right. Right. And sometimes you right. come home and you take it out on the dog or you take right. it out on your kids. Um, and I always suggest you can come in and you can just say, I've had a really stressful day. So you know what? I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go for a swim. I don't know. I'm saying that now because it's beautiful weather out here in BC. Um, I'm going to go, you know, and meditate for a moment. Whatever it is that brings you the solitude or the peace that you might need in that moment. Um, and then you're teaching your child all of these different ways that they can deal with stress because they may have had a stressful day at school themselves. Mm -hmm. They're going to turn into adults who may have stressful days. I mean, we all have stressful days. Yeah. So it's how do we, how do we teach them some good um, strategies within right. those moments. Right. And even, I might even come home and shed some tears and they don't make me weak and I don't need to feel embarrassed about them. It's just your body's natural response to build up stress, to have tears and I'm okay in tears and I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to survive them. And so it teaches kids that no matter what's going outside of their home, they can come home and they can emote and share and they are safe to do it. And so they only learn that if their parents are exhibiting that type of healthy, safe behaviors. Yeah, and yeah. so it's kind of, it's again, that layered effect, right? You're giving them good strategies, and then you're also teaching them that home is a safe place. Um, and um, we are not in, sitting here in judgment of anybody. I just mm -hmm. want to mention that. But again, it's it's the patterns that we create. So do you, if you have a one-off time where you come home and you've kind of lost it, or you know, you're like, oh my God, I have to have a drink, and it's a one-off, then that's way different than if you're doing that every single day. So yeah. still yeah. have your one-off moments, parents, because <laughs> we all do. <laughs> um, but you just want to be aware of that. What patterns are you instilling in your, in your children, essentially? Um, so going on to our next question, what are some signs of use? So this was a, a parents were saying, well, how do I know if my child is using? Um, and I'll, I'll share just a quick story from when I worked with at-risk youth um, in, in, that were limited expelled back in Ontario. And this one parent was sure that her child was not using. And uh, so we went through some just some quick signs. Um, and, and one of them, you may may or not believe it. This could be this simple, but look through your kids' stuff. <laughs> so you know what? They don't own the power that you are not entitled mm -hmm. to look through their stuff. And I hear that from parents all the time. I can't look through their phone. I can't look through their computer. I can't look through their school bag. Um, yes, you can. <laughs> and you should. <laughs> and you should, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that was the simplest way I could say to this person, just so she would um, step into that role of the of the parent and, and not the best friend or mm -hmm. the non-existent kind of parent in this case um, and look and sure enough there were some some items that she found that uh, were drug related um, and then it's and then it's not even you don't even have to do the he said she said or that I think that this might be happening because the mm -hmm. evidence was right there and and um, so that's that's a definite sign of use or friends using that could be influencing you. Um, so there is there is that obvious sign. 
Yeah. Do you have some more signs? Yeah, I, I love this one. I, I got caught with marijuana when I was a teenager, but it wasn't mine. I was holding it for a friend. <laughs> so, you know, if your kids are holding it for a friend, or there's, well, that's a that's a clue. I mean, their friends are clearly smoking it, but but chances are that they're not holding it for the friend. It's, it's theirs. Um, and, and I want to say something, too. By the time you identify addiction in a teenager or an adult, for that matter, you're almost always in the later stages. So um, some of the things to look for earlier are mood changes, mood swings. And it's difficult because teenagers are hormonal and it is an absolutely normal uh, part of the progression towards adulthood to want to isolate more, to want to become independent, to want to back away from their family. However, with addiction, you, you, that's really multiplied. It's very exaggerated. So if they're getting really secretive, if they're spending a ton of time in their room with the door closed, if they don't want you knowing anything about their life and they don't, they don't, they're not open to sharing, um, if they're sleeping odd hours, like they're up all night and they're sleeping all day, if their friends have changed, if the people they used to hang out with are different now, you find this different crowd and, and you don't know them, um, if they drop out of things they like, like they loved playing guitar and they're not playing it anymore, or they were a soccer player and they just don't want to do that, if there's drastic weight loss or hygiene problems. Um, so those are all really, like if things are going missing around the house, uh, you know, if your money's going missing or things are being taken out of the house, those are all really good signs that something's happening with your child. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And I was also going to share, as Lorelei was sharing those, um, I'm kind of going, chuck in my head, chuck in my head, because my, my eldest son, who was on this uh, podcast and video um, a couple episodes back, um, has depression. Uh, or I don't like to say he has depression. He has depression-like behaviors. And uh, he has a lot of those checklists of things that mm -hmm. Laura Lee just mentioned as well. Um, and where it becomes important to start to investigate is those patterns. So, yeah. you know, we're not seeing it as a couple times off or we're not associating with maybe, oh, maybe they did have a bad moment. So they're going to go isolate themselves. Like not, we're, we're not taking things that would be normal for a teenager to go through. Mm -hmm. We're saying that, as she said, it's multiplied. Yeah. And then if you see that, then it's not a necessarily um, absolutely addictions, but it could be a mental illness, some mental illness issues happening so it's this almost the same checklist for it both is. Um, so interesting so you know take this checklist and really be looking for those signs mm -hmm. um, and again if, if you don't know the right answers there's tons of information out there yeah. to go and explore them and something to watch for too is um uh, you know, like it's again, it's very normal for teenagers to back away. Uh, when when kids develop a lifestyle around addiction, for instance, if you if they aren't prone to addiction either genetically or environmentally, um, they're going to try drugs and they're going to smoke some pot and they're going to ooh that feels weird. I don't like that. I get all paranoid. I get hungry. I just I don't function well in that. But kids that are prone to addiction tend to um, like the kids that aren't. They feel out of control and abnormal when they use it. Kids that are prone to it, addiction feel powerful and in control when they use it. It actually normalizes them. So they're going to build a lifestyle around that and they're also going to be extremely defensive um, when you confront them on that type of behavior. So trust your belly, trust your gut. Um, you know your child more than anyone in the entire world. If something is, seems off kilter, chances are it is. And, um, and you can start to take some, you know, maybe some steps around that. 
Right. And I think that brings up a couple of really good points too, in, in that if anybody's listening to this that doesn't have teenagers, you don't just develop a relationship with your child as soon as they enter teenagehood. Nope. Right. <laughs> um, and if you haven't taken the steps to develop a really strong relationship with them up to that point, then there is probably going to be extra angst and extra defensiveness that comes into play when all of a sudden you're asking all these questions um, or start to get curious. So, you know, if it, as, a, as a parent um, of a younger child, you know, really start engaging with that quality time. And then actually the statistics and studies show that teenagers need as much quality time as younger kids do. But you're going to have to probably switch up the way you do it, right? It may have to actually be things that they want to do. Maybe you have to go sit and watch, play that video game with them or, or watch a particular movie series or whatever it is. But that quality time is still as important. So although they might be pulling away, it's, it's actually proven that they still need it. And it's actually linked to things like math marks, which I find interesting. And we're just going to wrap up this section one or part one with Laura Lee Rosano. And you'll see the continued part in our next podcast, answering the rest of the questions. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.